Oh, that's a design feature. I thought maybe the designer had slipped his pen. You know, not enough espresso. Welcome to the Ferrari Hub Podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. And now your host, Andy Rasul. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Ferrari Hub Podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. It's really great to be back on the show again and to have another episode out. We've only been going going for, I think it's three weeks now, um, and we're already on episode six. Uh, as you know, we launched three episodes um, on launch day itself. Uh, so since then, we've been having an episode come out each week. And, it, you know, I, I, I'm, I come from a financial background and I love data and information. And one of the beauties about doing something on the Internet is you can get so much information, uh, information about where people are listening from, uh, where people are visiting the websites from, you know, and things like that. You know, which articles are the most interesting articles, uh, which episodes of the podcast have been most interesting as well, you know, in terms of the number of li- listeners and things. And one of the things that constantly surprises me is when I look at where people are listening from. I mean, the countries and the cities that they're in. Um, you know, these are places that I've not visited before and people are finding us. And that's really amazing. Um, you know, there's been times when I've gone on and, you know, people in the US are logged on and people in, in Australia and um, you know, all sorts of countries around Europe, around Asia. Um, you know, it's great that we've been getting so many listeners from different places. And this is, I think, one of the reasons why I started uh, this podcast and started the website, because I know that there's a lot of people out there who are very much like me, you know, into Ferraris, uh, maybe owners, maybe enthusiasts. And, you know, there's 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 a lot of content um you know which you know we're all hungry for and we're not getting that elsewhere and it's not to sort of take anything away from the other forums and other news sources and information sources out there but there wasn't really something that satisfied my need and the feedback that I've been getting has been coming back you know just as strong as well and so saying you know it's a great idea you know really love the content that you're putting out so i'm getting emails and one such email that i received the other day was from a uh, a chap in uh, the u.s called michael so michael thank you very much for reaching out to me and for the others who have reached out for me as well to, to me as well so it's really um you know it's really enjoyable um, doing this for the fans um out there because i'm getting a lot of good feedback so thank you very much for that there is one thing that you can do to help us out, and that is to go onto iTunes, uh, subscribe to us, and to leave us a review. And the reason why we say that is because what it will actually do is actually move us higher in iTunes. So people who are in iTunes itself will be able to uh, find us. Um, currently, most of you have found us through the website or through word of mouth. Um, but if we're able to get up higher in iTunes itself, then the people on iTunes, the listeners on iTunes, uh, when they search, they'll be able to find us much easier. So if you can um, do that for us, that'd be great. You can either do it through your own iTunes app or your podcast app, um, or alternatively, you can go to ferrarihub.com forward slash iTunes. And just leave us a review and also just subscribe and then that way also what will happen is each episode that we release it will automatically appear um, as a notification on your phone 
We've been writing a lot of articles on the website. So now we have articles which um, go up daily um, on the website itself. And the only reason why it doesn't go up daily if it doesn't is because um, the writers have written it and I haven't had a chance to review and edit it. Um, but I'm trying to get better at that. So, um, you know, if for any reason on a day we miss it, you know, please don't beat me up about it. Um, but we've had... Um, a lot of uh, new articles go on. You know, we had an article go live yesterday on the 360s Challenge Stradale. Um, on Monday, we released an article um, to do with um, the. F it was one of our drool articles, and that vehicle in particular that we selected was a beautiful 458 Speciale, um, which is for sale um, in a UK uh, Ferrari dealership. Um, and the reason why we chose that car was when, when you have a look at the car, it's it's an amazing specification. Um, it's 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 in a color that I would not normally associate as um, one of the colors I would go for in a four five eight Speciale. It's in uh, Nero, uh, which if you're not familiar is black. Um, but there's something special about the way that that car has been um, specced. Uh, and especially when you get to the interior. I won't say any more than that, but you've got to check it out. The interior is just beautiful. Um, so, yeah, so that, 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 you know, those articles are doing really, really well. Um, today, um, obviously, is Wednesday. It's the day that we launch our podcast and we have the show notes which go up. So if you want to see the show notes for this episode, and trust me, you want to see the show notes for this episode, uh, you just go to ferrarihub.com forward slash EP6. Uh, and the reason why I say check out the show notes is because today's interview is with the curator uh, from the London Design Museum, uh, where they are uh, exhibiting an exhibition called Ferrari Under the Skin. Um, so in, in today's episode, um, I'll be interviewing uh, Andrew Newham. Um, who's the creator and we talk about the exhibition itself the cars on display the design techniques that have been used and it's a really interesting exhibition and it's a really interesting um, podcast episode as well so when you go to the exhibition itself you might not necessarily um, appreciate all the the detail and um, you know this exhibition itself was two years in the making more than that um, to actually put the whole exhibition together and Andrew goes into um, a lot of detail around what that entailed and the vehicles and how they were selected and the significance of the vehicle, the significance of the design techniques. It's really, really fascinating interview. So um, um, we'll be starting the interview in a moment. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to thank our sponsor for today. They are Supercar Italia. They're based in Biggin Hill in Kent, right by Biggin Hill Airports. They specialize in servicing, repairs, and bodywork for Ferraris, Lamborghini, and Maserati, as well as all types of supercars. They combine over 60 years technical know-how. They don't just work on the new cars, but they're also very familiar with the old cars as well. Having been around their workshop, I've seen them working on the new 458s, uh, right down to the old 365s and older cars than that and they can do anything from a simple oil change on a vehicle to a full restoration. And if you are a foreign buyer and want to do a pre-purchase inspection on a car, they can arrange for the vehicle to be transported to their workshops and carry out a full inspection for you, whichever country you're based in. In their words, they are as passionate about the work on your car as you are about owning the car and driving the car. So if you want more information, 
Check them out at supercaritalia.co.uk. Now on to the show. Welcome everybody to the show. Um, I have a special guest on the line. Uh, his name is Andrew Nahoon, and he is the curator for the Ferrari exhibition that's currently taking place in London at the Design Museum. Uh, the exhibition is called Ferrari Under the Skin. Andrew, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Andrew. Well, I, I visited the show on uh, Tuesday um, and I was one of the lucky few to get a first look at um, the exhibition itself. And I have to say, I was completely blown away by the exhibition. Um, I've been to a number of Ferrari exhibitions in the past um, in Modena as well, um, where they have two museums in Modena. And I would say that the quality of this exhibition is as good as the quality of those exhibitions. So it's a real credit to yourself and the team. Well, it's a fantastic recommendation. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much on display. But let's start a li with um, a little bit about yourself, first of all. Can you just give us a bit of a background to um, who you are and, and what it is that you do? Well, I'm a long-term curator and, and subjects of um, history of technology and science, um, particularly at the Science Museum. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been the guest curator at the Design Museum for the Ferrari exhibition. Right, right, right. Or I should say the, the guest co-curator with my colleague Gemma Curtin, who is a, a permanent staff member at the Design Museum. Yes, I did actually get to, I briefly met Gemma um, on Tuesday, but um, didn't actually get to have a full conversation with her because, uh, as with yourself, you were uh, surrounded by a lot of press and TV, so it was very difficult to sort of have sort of full conversations. But, um, um, and, and so you, 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 uh, you're normally based at the Science Museum in London, is that correct? I'm Keeper Emeritus at the Science Museum, which right. means... Um, Right. Okay. And your your focus uh, in particular is is in design, is it? History of technology and design, and um, with a very strong interest in transport technology and transport design. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, this particular um, topic, you know, with with Ferrari with a Ferrari exhibition, is something of particular interest, obviously, to us. Um, but how did you become involved in it and sort of how long did the actual project take to actually go from that initial idea to the exhibition as it is now? Uh, it's been a long haul. Uh, I think in 2014, uh, Ronald Stern, an eminent collector of Ferrari memorabilia, archival mm -hmm. material um, and so on, um, approached the Design Museum and suggested that that material would make um, an excellent exhibition. Um, then I think the, the trajectory was that the director, Diane Sujuk, asked me, and I, we know each other well, um, if I would look it over and think about what a Ferrari exhibition might be. And from there, um, I also met Ron, looked at, looked at the material, and, and we we're sure that that would be a wonderful element for the exhibition, but we wanted to make it broader. So we wanted to use Ronald's archival material, but also to look particularly at design. I mean, after all, it is the Design Museum, and to justify itself, it had to be a deep study of the techniques and the history of automotive design, mm. um, as well as a fabulous exhibition of Ferrari cars. 
Yes. So yes. we ended up with with really um, three elements, um, and our, the study or a look into the archives, which reflect on Enzo Ferrari's life and work, mm-hmm. a study of automotive design, both interior engineering design and exterior form, mm-hmm. and a timeline of great cars from first to now. Right. Right. And, and I mean, I have to say, I have to say, I mean, not having known that beforehand, but having visited the exhibition, um, I, I think you've remarked, you know, you've you've tackled all of those remarkably well, and that really comes across in the exhibition itself. Um, you know, it's it's a lot more than just it's so much more than just a car exhibition. I mean, it's not a car exhibition. It it really is a you know uh, something that you get a real sense of the design elements that has gone into the models over the years you know the way that they well, the way that they're put together the way that they actually are actually penned designed crafted even yeah i mean we're really delighted that that comes through and, and that you think that too because that was a, a really driving ambition for the show um we were always conscious that a collection of Ferraris like those, the ones that we've got there, mm. would attract um, an enthusiastic audience anywhere. Mm. But the Design Museum has an, a, a deeper brief, you know, to look beyond that into how things come to exist, yes. you know, how they come to, come to be formed, made, have the shape they are, mm. and even to find their place in our consciousness and in, in the world. So, <clears throat> so we never forgot that, that mission. Mm. Um, and... We're really lucky that Ferrari helped with the design models we saw there. You saw the partly painted clay model for the mm. J50. Yes. Um, you saw an earlier wooden model from Pininfarina mm. and also a wireframe model of the GTO, yes. which represents an earlier technique that was often in use in Northern Italy for quickly roughing out the shapes of cars. Yes. Because you could easily form wire into a sort of basket work representing a car mm. over the hard points of a car. And an yeah. experienced panel beater could work from that by really by eyeballing it. Although it's open and doesn't have a, a complete um, outer, outer structure, mm. if you like, it establishes all the sight lines and the important, important um, turns and, and contours of the body. I will add on to the show notes for the listeners. Um, some images of what it is that we're referring to but the 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 wireframe model of the 250 gto that you mentioned would would the panel beaters actually use that to shape the panels in that case they would i believe have used it as a visual reference right um in the case of the wooden model that you can also see alongside it that is more um a, a gauge at a master model and it's actually been constructed so that panels can be offered up to it and fitted on it well um it, the, the technique at scaletti was that once pininfarina became established as the lead designer for ferrari mm. they would make a master model once the design was agreed and that right. master model would then, then be shipped to scaletti because they didn't really want to work from drawings they wanted to work, work from form mm. and some people think that those models were used for hammering on that's not really true um or if so not very much mm. because they wouldn't they, they were precious and they needed to be preserved mm. you know so we're making a run of cars say a dozen or 20 mm. um although it is true that probably there were finishing touches and taps you know um 
given. And sometimes there was steel reinforcement on edges and things like that you could yeah. find. So they have, a, they have a history, those models. I mean, that uh, particular 356, sorry, 365P, that particular model of the 365P, the mm. wooden model that you saw, yes, um, has some reinforcing tips on the, um, the what would be the inner edge of the bonnet aperture. So you can surmise that um, they did possibly finish the panels there. But the panels were made generally off that model on formers and on um, shot bags, leather bags of shot and sand, mm. and on, on dollies by with panel beaters hammers and um, that was that was the manual process by the way i don't want to imply that's the, that's the permanent um, established process for making ferraris when they started to make them in larger numbers um cars like the daytona for example mm. then the drawings that peter Frieda would have made were then used to make tooling festools a pair of dies right me? yes 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 um and, and although that doesn't eliminate the fact that some elements of panel beating might still have been needed. Well, that's that's fascinating. It really is, and it, it, it the it was interesting to see the, I think it was the 250 LM that was suspended above the 250 GTO. Um, yeah, you know that was in you know you could actually see the hammer marks in the um, <laughs> you know in the um, the body itself. Uh, that was an unpainted body, and you can actually see yeah, you know, sort of how that yeah. had been shaped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, this this back in the day was how things were done. Um, you know, and cars that get restored now, you know, they have to go through that same process. You know, that's, that's right, and, and and those skills still exist. Yes, yes. Um, not just in Northern Italy, but in in Britain too. Hmm. So. It, that's one of the fascinating things. I don't know if you've, I'm, well, I'm sure you did see the wooden buck for the 156 shark nose. Yes. Um, that was further around the exhibition. Yes. And that represents the same technology that we were talking about with the Pininfarina wooden model. Mm. It's a later construction, and I believe it was made to assemble the car that Chris Rea had specially built because right. their 156s remained. Um, but it's, it's still the, the traditional technique and, and the body shell was built by there. Yes, yes. No, because the, 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 as you mentioned, I mean, the, the, um, you know, the originals over time have all been lost, really. And, um, you know, you mentioned earlier about the Ferrari J50 that was on display as well. And, um, you know, that was a fascinating car. And, and for people who, who are not aware, um, the J50 is a car that was produced for the Japanese market, I think, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Ferraris in Japan, is that correct? I, I'm that, sure. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think only ten models, yes. only ten examples were made. Yeah, and and um, it's one of those cars that I never thought that I would ever get to see, just simply because they were all sold into into Japan and are part of collections now. Um, but seeing the the clay model of that was fascinating. You know, having sort of the half unfinished in clay and half of it painted. Um, yeah. Well, that is. A real coup, I think, for the design museum because we always were clear we wanted to show a clay model. Mm. Um, the, the, the fact that it was the J50 was um, a bonus, but we would have obviously been happy with any any model, any yes. fairly recent car. Yeah. But what what we wanted to show there was the technique of, of clay modeling, and there's a fantastic film um, 
which Ferrari were generous enough to assist with, yes. with Flavio, Flavio Manzoni, head of design, talking about the design process and the design philosophy, and Bob Quinn, who's head of the modeling department, showing the techniques of modeling and, and taking you through the, the process, even showing the tools and the way they're used on, on the clay. Mm. And I think that's the first time that sort of information has ever been shown in an exhibition, certainly in the UK, as far as I know. Yes, I, I think it is. Um, I mean, I've been to a number of exhibitions, as I've mentioned in the past, um, but no, nothing really on this on this sort of level. Um, you know, the, the you know the only things I can compare it to is what I've seen in Modena. Um, you know, at the Ferrari Museum and at the Enzo uh, Ferrari Museum as well. But, yeah, and and they're, they're quite said, different. I, yeah, yeah. As I said, we have a particular agenda, so it 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 was that was why we were keen to to delve into the perfect world mm. of car design and car design technique. I and mean, it's a personal interest of mine anyway, but it's an ideal place to do it and yes. an ideal opportunity to do it. Yeah. Uh, so, also, I should say, it's some, mm. something that, that you know, most Ferrari owners know an awful lot about Ferraris, and um, I'm, ha- I'm prepared to say more than I do, um, and but they possibly don't know about these techniques that we've exposed there, and that's why I think and hope that the show should be really interesting and appealing to them yes i mean i i well i i would say your your knowledge is uh is quite vast i mean you know it, it was really impressive sort of speaking to you earlier and also listening to you speak also um and i i think as with a lot of ferrari owners you know some some may know particular things about the model that they own or model that they're looking to purchase but you know, there's there's probably only a handful of people who you know know, you know the broad, uh, you know knowledge of different models and techniques well, and things like that. So I, what I know, I am in great part to the help and friendship of Ronald Stern hmm. and his archivist Nathan Beale. Right. It's been a learning a learning curve for me too. Hmm. I, I was probably more interested in, in the general industry in, in mass market cars and the way they came about. Um, I wrote about, I wrote the history of, I wrote a biography of Alec Sigonis, for example. One of the things that I was, um, I, I guess it's one of the things that I know already, but seeing it in the exhibition sort of really hit the points home, was you the, the cars on display, we had everything from you know, the very first to the very recent, you know, the um, La Ferrari Aperta and um, a number of cars in between. And the thing that really stood out to me was from a design perspective, they're really special in their own way, Um, you know, and they always have been through the years. I mean, there were cars there from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, probably, you know, and everything else in between as well. What, from your point of view, I mean, what makes the design of Ferrari so special? I mean, why is it that this one manufacturer has been able to continuously design cars that have, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later still looked as impressive as they did the the day that they came out? Maybe Pinin Farina said it um, when he first started the association with Enzo Ferrari. He said... uh, or his son, Sergio, recalled him as saying that he saw it as the perfect opportunity to create the ultimate sports car, mm. the association with Ferrari. And every 
coach builder, body builder, trainer, has had that ambition, you know, to see Ferrari as as the palette, really, uh, because at that stage we should recall Ferrari was making engines, chassis, suspensions. Mm. He wasn't visualizing the body, and that was not done in house until quite recently with the establishment of the of the styling builder design center in, yes. in Maranello. So yeah. every coach builder that was employed and engaged wanted to do something fabulous. I mean, really, that was the implicit brief. So when you look at the 166mm by Turing, fabulous Marquesa, mm. that was the first Ferrari owned by Gianni Agnelli, subsequently head of Fiat, the Turing company, which was a preeminent pre-war coach builder with the utmost ability and elegance and even aerodynamics mm. at that commission, and produced a car that is the archetype of many sports cars around the world for perhaps 20 years you know, with that tumble home in the, in the curves of the doors under, below the waistline um, you can see it echoed in things like even like Corvette and even um, Austin Healey mm. so it was immensely influential but very few of the other cars have the incredible integrity and what should I say tautness of, of that touring body then if you move on to things like the 250 short wheelbase um, you see the hand of Pininfarina and a, a different a different style, a different aesthetic, mm. um, partly through the change of, of the design house, but also through the passage of years. You know, um, people's eyes change, um, the forms change, patches change, what you see in the street changes. Mm. Um, and this is all mixed together in the, in the designer's mind in some subtle way. If we, if we think about a car like the... 250 short wheelbase, and there's a wonderful example from the Sony Moss at Goodwood in 1960 in the exhibition. You can see a quite different aesthetic. That's partly because of the change of the design house and the designer, but also the passage of years. People's aesthetic consciousness changes. You know, the fashions they see in the street, shapes that are around, are changing all the time, and this makes a, a kind of gestalt that designers can't explain but they can sense and see mm. and, and that's that is translated into new forms um yeah it's almost like the change in it's almost like the change in 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 language and 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 slang no one knows where they come from are the phrases spread but they come and they go and well, things the, are very much of their time but when they're really good they last forever yes the, the thing that thing that amazes me with ferrari is that they got it really good so many times um i mean if you look at other manufacturers uh you know a lot of other manufacturers produce much higher volume cars but you know for a lot of those manufacturers they will have produced you know a a, a sort of a handful of cars over the years that um that look good um but with ferrari you can almost sort of pick out you know 200 cars that you know, look beautiful. Um, and, and that's the thing that really grabs me, you know, when I look at the, um, the design side of it. I think it's because, as we discussed earlier, um, it, it was an aspiration to design for Ferrari. Mm. Um, all the other coach builders that designed for them, including Gear, um, Bertone on occasions, you know, all the famous houses, all considered it, you know, a, a great opportunity and a real challenge. So mm, you're mm. seeing, you're seeing the best of 
what a very talented group of people over several generations would do. And it's also reflecting that Italy has had the most extraordinary ability in the generation of forms. Mm. And as I said, you can see that going back into the 30s with, with the work of House of like Turing and Zagato. Yes, yes. From the outset, the chance to design for Ferrari was a prize. The best coach builders, the best, the best bodywork designers mm. really wanted to make something fabulous on, on the Ferrari ch- chassis. Mm. And of course, at that time, the car would be built on a chassis, um, which virtually could be driven without a body. So Ferrari assembled all the mechanical parts, as I'm sure you and your listeners know. Um, and that would be then taken to, for example, Boano or, or Touring in Milan or Bertone mm-hmm. or Pininfarina, Frua. There was a, a roll call of, of wonderfully creative uh, coach building houses. Mm-hmm. After a while, um, by about 51, um, Ferrari came to feel that, well, in the words of Sergio Pininfarina, this, this gave rise to some confusion. Mm-hmm. And he wanted a more consistent style. And then he came to meet Sergio. Well, he came to meet Battista Pininfarina, the father, and his son Sergio yes. at a restaurant in Tortona, as well known, because, as Sergio put it, each was a proud man and didn't want to give the other the privilege of paying host. Right. Which is quite funny. Um, and they hammered out a deal. Some people said it could never last like two prima donnas in the same opera mm. was a remark made about it, but it did. Uh, and it, um, the, the association lasted for many decades um, until Ferrari opened its own in-house design center in, I think 2011, mm. um, which in common with virtually every car company nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember the exact year myself, but that does seem to sound about right. Um, and, and Peter, and Fruna still manufacture cars, as far as I understand, and they have worked on certain projects for sort of private clients. Yes, I think that's right. Um, they were bought by the Mahindra Corporation recently right. and mm-hmm. are definitely still in business and acting as design consultants. I mean, mm. I when I went there, they had a, a mid-production line and they were building Alfa Romeo Spiders, but um, right. and they were doing Small, small runs and all kinds of things. It was extremely interesting. But um, essentially, they moved from coach building to design consultancy and, mm-hmm. and from working for individuals in the 30s and 40s to working yeah. for big car companies. So now Ferrari have bought their design in-house. And um, uh, I mean, you know, we, we, you know we've, we've been so used to the, you know, the, 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 vehicles being designed by Pin and Farina and the stars that have come from, from that house, that design house. Um, you know, how has that now changed in this modern era now? The objective of Ferrari design is to be highly functional. That doesn't sound strange. The, the, the bodywork inventions, you might say, are entirely, well, not entirely, but very much driven by aerodynamics and by finding new solutions to the problems of downforce, cooling, mm. cost-wind stability, and so on. And that has sculpted the cars in, ex- in extraordinary ways. I mean, some of, of the, the features you see in a car like the LaFerrari are intended to 
produce downforce without external components like wings. Mm. And they work very hard at channeling air under through and through the car to do that. So in a way, the, the, the new and latest, most advanced aerodynamics for the incredible performance that the cars have got has given the designers almost a new modeling tool. Yeah. But Flavio Manzoni, the head of design, will say everything has a purpose. You know, that, uh, he means that there is no meretricious decoration. Yeah. Yeah. And, every, and it's... Every... Go, go on. Sorry. Sorry. I was, I was going to say, I, I, I absolutely agree with that because, you know, even if you look back at the 80s, for example, with the design of the F40, you know, which has quite a large rear wing on the back. You know, yeah. th that rear wing served a real purpose. It wasn't just there because it looks good, you know, Absolutely, it, yeah. you know, yeah. and and the, the same sort of downforce has on modern cars been achieved without the rear wing, you know, through more clever design techniques. Yes, um, I mean, Manzoni gave a, a fascinating talk at the Design Museum on the day after the opening of the exhibition mm -hmm. or the day of the public opening, the 15th, mm -hmm. um, where he showed a recent proposal which had come from um, an engineering department with some wings, not winglets, but not quite like the F40, but, but very disfellable wings. Mm. And he showed the evolution of the car into you know, a much more unitary form mm. for exactly, exactly the reasons you mentioned. Yeah. And, and achieved by, and achieved by this, this new, very subtle design, design technique. Mm. Well, well, we'll come to the, the future of, Ferrari design in, in a few minutes but I just wanted to ask about the cars that were that are on display and you know what you know what process did you go through to sort of choose which cars you wanted to have on display um, you know what what was it you were trying to achieve with the cars selected well firstly we wanted to talk about design and we wanted to have a range of cars from different epochs showing different styles and design each of them superb in its own way mm. we also wanted to chart the history of ferrari as best we could within the confines of, of a single exhibition and, and without you know an over overkill if you like yeah. so we're necessarily limited but um we also particularly wanted, and this was a great impulse from Ronald Stern, mm. to have really excellent cars. We wanted to have things with a real reason to be there, but yeah. not, you know, you know, it, not a, a relatively anonymous 250, let's say, but one that ran at Goodwood with Sterling Moss driving it and still exists, you know, in the ownership of Ross Braun, mm. uh, the, the first Ferrari owned by Gianni Agnelli, later the head of Fiat, and so on. Yeah. I, I won't go through them all, but um, yeah, that, that was the objective, to, to that all the cars should have impeccable providence and interesting history. Yes, yes. And and, and it's really, it really is surprising when you just when you visit the show and you see the cars on display... Uh, I mean, they're all beautiful cars, without a doubt, but um, it's really quite impressive. I mean, I, I think one of the cars that you mentioned there was the the Testarossa Spider, which in itself is um, very oh, rare. Yes, that's, that's, that, 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 that won the um, Show Award at the recent 70th anniversary celebrations in Maranello. 
Wow. Um, and it, and you possibly know it, it was a special commission for Gianni Agnelli mm. uh, to celebrate um, one of the anniversaries of his chairmanship. And it was made as a drop head, which, when of course, the regular car was not. So mm. it was an entirely new project, yeah. um, masterminded by Leonardo Fioravanti, mm. who you'll be well acquainted with. Mm. Um, but I was actually also referring to the, the, the earlier car, the 166 MM of mm. 1950, followed yeah. by Turing, which also was owned by Agnelli um, long oh. before he was head of Fiat right. in his what we might call his Playboy days. Mm. And he he wrote, "I will always remember my first Ferrari," and that's it. We will show it on display, which I think is a fantastic achievement yeah. Um, yeah. actually for Ronald for Ronald Stern um, not for us because he he was the vital intermediary right right wow fascinating fascinating so for you what are the key highlights of some of the models on display I mean of the the models that are there which one of those in particular um, are sort of of most interest to you personally the cars we've we've mentioned um, particularly the 250 short wheelbase because I think it's the almost the quintessence of 60s mm. automotive design. One of the most beautiful cars ever, ever made and probably more graceful and attractive than the slightly more brutal GTO, which mm. of course has, uh, has a, a higher price tag and more fame. Mm. Um, the 166 MM we, we discussed, I yes. think is impeccable and perfect mm. as, as a form and I'm very interested in it because it represents the, the hand the hand of touring mm. in Milan um, and I have to say I mean as, as much of uh, a close relationship that that Ferrari have had with Pininfarina over the years um, I do love the designs that came from touring because you know they, they, they're quite beautiful in their own way they have a particular feeling and, and, and line mm. and in my view the certainly the Berlinettas on, on the 166 chassis have a very strong link to their pre-war work um, for Alfa Romeo and actually for, also for BMW mm. where they bodied Le Mans cars if you recall with a, a fastback aerodynamics mm. bodywork mm. and it's very much um, the 166 very much recalls that although it's a more compact car because the Ferrari V12 engine was a shorter engine than Alfa Romeo so it um, was a shorter engine than what Alfa Romeo had before the war Right. so in my view they, they built on what they'd done as the war was coming mm. and then reinvented it and, and really polished it like a jewel make yes. the, the cars on the 166 chassis, particularly the MM and, um, and LM cars. But um, other favourites? Uh, I'm, I'm very, very keen on, on the design models, the, the, the not necessarily whole cars, you know, mm. the, the grey model of the J50, mm. um, also the engineering exhibits, particularly the, the chassis of the 250, yes, prepared prepared for the museum by David Cottingham and DK Engineering. Right. So you can see all the mechanical parts of a Ferrari together, ready to go, ready to be bodied. Mm. Um, 
and immaculately restored. And it's to, it was selected in order to make the point that under the skin, everything on a Ferrari is special. That that then in itself, that particular part of the um, display. I mean, we haven't mentioned that up until now, but that was you know quite amazing actually. So uh, um, you know, definitely something that visitors should come and uh, you know have a look at. Um, how how long is the exhibition going to be running for now? I know it's taken a long time to set up, but um, how how long will it be running for? It opened on the fifteenth, and it will run through to April. Excellent. Okay. Um, so there's still uh, some time. This this episode will go out um, next week, um, but there is still plenty of time for people to come. But uh, don't leave it too late for sure. That's terrific. Yeah. Um, well, well, we, well, we hope to see a lot of Ferrari lovers there. Um, we also hope that it will convert other people who don't know so much about it to understanding the, the power and the beauty of the mark mm. um, and also do a job of explaining the techniques of car design and engineering and what's under the skin um, to people who are with a broader interest in, in automobiles. So in addition to the appeal, which we hope that the exhibition will have to Ferrari lovers, mm-hmm. we also hope that it will be appreciated and understood by a broader audience with with an interest in design in general and in the history of design and in the history of, of car design because the techniques that we expound and we show with a wonderful film of Flavio Manzoni and clay modelers, mm-hmm. clay model, the wooden models and so on, do summarize the techniques that are in general use or have been in general use over the history of the automotive industry. Mm. So it's a study in automotive design as well as a deep study of Ferrari, the make and the man. And and I I think that's one of the things that I found most fascinating about it. And um, perhaps I should not have been so surprised um, given what the exhibition was about, but it was surprising how well that came across. And I do think that the next generation will be inspired by um, the exhibition itself, you know, in terms of, you know, getting involved in design and taking that up as a career in the future is certainly something that will um, be inspiring from the actual exhibition itself. That's great to hear. And the exhibition does the job that, that you, you mentioned and, mm. and, and we're, we're glad, very grateful for your remarks. Um, because we had those intentions from the outset. We, we, it was a very carefully constructed narrative. We, we knew, or we worked out from the beginning what the elements were that we should have. Mm-hmm. We had an aspiration to get hold of a clay model, and I don't think I've ever seen one on display in an exhibition before, mm-hmm. and so on. So really, the, the, the whole journey, and it's been nearly two years doing it, no. has been about filling in the sheet, you know, and, and, and honoring the conception that we worked very hard to to establish. Mm. No, that's fantastic. Andrew, I have one final question for you. Um, that if money was not an issue, which Ferrari from over the last 70 years would you buy? For me, because I'm an antiquarian um, to some extent, and, and I first came into the whole museum business through classic cars and vintage cars and I was um, I had an addiction to mm-hmm. fiddling with them taking them to pieces and driving of course um, for me it would be the 
166mm, the little Barquetta two-seater open car um, lent to us by Clive Beecham, a, a fabulous car mm. um, with, uh, I say, a, a, an extraordinary influence in, in the development of the sports car post-war. I love it because it's, it's so crisp, compact, perfectly resolved, um, and with, in a way, the, the pure and early development of the Ferrari engine. Well, that's that's certainly a fine choice. And having seen the car myself, um, you know, at the exhibition, um, yeah, I can totally understand that. They they say you should you shouldn't meet your heroes because you might be disappointed. But in your case, you're clearly not. <laughs> no, I thought it was wonderful, and 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 um, by an extraordinary coincidence, um, about a week before the car came into the museum, it was seen going up through North London and um, driving very crisply. And it was an extraordinary sight to see, you know, not, not at a rally, not at a Ferrari meeting, mm. but just being, being, being used nicely on the road. Yeah, and, and it's great to see these cars being used, you know, having attended a number of Ferrari events over the years. Um, you know, seeing some of these classics being driven in and driven away, it's just mm. fantastic, mm. you know, as opposed to being sort of put inside, you know, closed containers and uh, sort of driven back to their homes. Um, That's for sure. Yeah. Andrew, I really appreciate your time. It's been fascinating listening to everything about the exhibition and, um, you know, how the exhibition was put together, how you were involved and um you know what the uh, what what the audience can expect when they visit the exhibition um i think if um if anybody's you know from the uk and you know they they're thinking of attending the exhibition certainly they should attend and i would go so far as saying it's worth coming to london to see this exhibition because it is quite unique uh, and it's on par with any of the exhibitions that have been put on um in moderno itself well, thank you for your remarks and, and for giving us a shop window. And it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Well, there you go. That's a little insight to the exhibition itself. Uh, as you can see, I highly recommend you go and have a look. If you live in the UK, it's a must visit. If you don't live in the UK, then it's definitely worth flying in to have a look at it because it is very fascinating. Just to mention again, if you haven't already subscribed, please do, please do subscribe to the show on iTunes and also leave us a review. Also, if you have any comments, any suggestions, some of you have already sent some suggestions through. Thank you very much for that. We have incorporated some of those things into the show and some of those will be coming into future shows. But if you do have any suggestions or indeed if you would like to actually be uh, interviewed yourself, do let us know. Um, you know, love to, uh, to set something up in the future. Once again, I'd just like to thank our sponsor for today. They are Supercar Italia. They're based in Biggin Hill in Kent, right by Biggin Hill Airports. They specialise in servicing, repairs and bodywork for Ferraris, Lamborghini and Maserati, as well as all types of supercars. They combine over 60 years technical know-how. They don't just work on the new cars, but they're also very familiar with the old cars as well. Having been around their workshop, I've seen them working on the new 458s, uh, right down to the old 365s and older cars than that. And they can do anything from a simple oil change on a vehicle to a full restoration. And if you are a foreign buyer and want to do a pre-purchase inspection on a car, 
They can arrange for the vehicle to be transported to their workshops and carry out a full inspection for you, whichever country you're based in. In their words, they are as passionate about the work on your car as you are about owning the car and driving the car. So if you want more information, check them out at supercaritalia.co.uk. Next week, in line with the end of the F1 season, we will be interviewing Craig Scarborough. Now, many of you will may well recognize the name. Craig is a journalist, presenter, uh, TV presenter, and also runs his own Twitter channel called uh, Scarbs Tech, uh, where he discusses the technical side of Formula One. It actually was a really fascinating interview with him, and I learned so much about Formula One just through um, the conversation that took place. So be sure to listen to that next week. That's all for now. Ciao.